Well, as we get closer to a Big 12 football season, I can't really say a college football season. I feel like I got to say a Big 12 football season. Let's give you five bold predictions for the upcoming year. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's great to be here with you. And before we get it rolling this week, please uh, take a second out as we get closer to the season. It, It helps extra with the season approaching. Leave us a rating, review, subscribe to the podcast. It helps tremendously. And we have a new batch of Heartland College Sports koozies to send to you in the mail. I've got them all ready for you here in a big box. And they're yours. We'll send you one if you leave us a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, You know, I I like to do this, and these are not things that I'm betting the mortgage on, okay? Let's make it very clear. I'm not betting the mortgage on these uh, bold predictions I'm going to give you, but they're things that I don't think are outside the realm of impossibility. That's where I would stack these five items up I'm going to give you here. So let's start off with this. Uh, Five maybe overly bold predictions for the upcoming Big 12 season. One, the Oklahoma Sooners miss the Big 12 championship game. Uh, It's kind of a perfect storm for that to happen because for the first time under Lincoln Riley, he doesn't have a quarterback that has major FBS experience and is a veteran, right? Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts all had that. Spencer Rattler, the projected starter, redshirt freshman, does not. A few snaps last week, yes, or last year. Yes, the number one quarterback in the nation coming out of high school in 2019. But still a guy that's got to get some reps. Uh, You can have all the talent in the world. You've got to get some reps. He didn't have spring ball. No spring ball for anybody, obviously. So he didn't have that to kind of get those uh, reps going, get more comfortable in the system. He didn't have it. Meantime, behind OU, you've got, I think, three teams that can make a case to be Big 12 champs this year. Texas, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State. You can make a case for all three of those teams. And in the case of Oklahoma, they've got the least experience at some of the you know, prime time and key positions. Oklahoma State's got a ton of starters back on both sides of the ball. Uh, You know, you've got the best running back in America in Chuba Hubbard. Iowa State's got a first-round draft pick at quarterback. I mean, according to some mock drafts in Brock Purdy, you've got what might be the best Iowa State defense yet coming in under Matt Campbell. And then at Texas, you've got a four-year starter at quarterback Um, you know, you've got a ton of pieces back on the defensive side of the ball where those guys like Caden Stearns are now going to be upperclassmen this year. So if there's a year where you say, okay, I can find not just one or maybe two other teams that could beat OU, I've got a good trio that I can make a case for um, upsetting the Oklahoma Sooners this year who are also working in a redshirt freshman quarterback. If there's ever a year, it seems like this would be that year. And that's why I believe there's a case to be made. And OU should still be favored to win the Big 12, should still be the team that people look to to say, hey, it's their conference until somebody proves otherwise. But if you want a bold prediction, it's OU not making the Big 12 championship game. 
Number two on my five bold Big 12 predictions, Chuba Hubbard will not lead the Big 12 in rushing yards. Now, this guy skipped the NFL draft 2,000-yard season last year, and he came back. I would not have come back if I was Chuba Hubbard, but he came back. And he's going to be a hell of a player, but I'll tell you right now, Chuba Hubbard is not going to be a guy that is giving you 30, 35 carries a game. All right? I, I just I don't see any way that happens for Chuba Hubbard this fall. There were games last year when he did that. 37 carries at Texas. 34 carries at Texas Tech. 32 against Iowa State and Baylor. Excuse me, 22 against Iowa State, 32 against Baylor. 32 against Tulsa. I think those days are over for Chuba Hubbard. I think this guy's going to get 15 to, on the high end, 25 carries per game. And while he still is going to light it up, I think that this is always a position that typically the more carries you get, you pile up the yards and away you go. And I could see a guy like Puka Williams at Kansas or Iowa State's Brees Hall as the two that stand out in my mind right now as the most likely individuals to take that top spot in rushing yards in the Big 12 away from Chuba Hubbard. It's not that Chuba Hubbard is not the best running back in the Big 12. He is. It's not close. But in terms of giving you a ton of yardage and a ton of carries, I don't see Chuba Hubbard doing that this year. I think he's going to be on a snap count and a carry count, and that will impact uh, you know, how much production this guy has because there's no question on the production, all right? People know that Chuba Hubbard can give you 2,000 yards. Now, for him, it's about building that NFL draft stock and becoming a more well-rounded player. Number three on the five maybe overly bold Big 12 predictions for the 2020 season, the biggest jump in win total, TCU, the Horned Frogs. They went three and six last year in the Big 12, but five of their six losses were decided by seven points or less. Meantime, they bring back, of course, some really nice talent. And there is a blow here with no Max Duggan at quarterback. At least we believe that to be the case. He is out indefinitely. But maybe that's not as big of a deal as we thought. Yeah, you know, Duggan was good. He was good on the ground last year. Wasn't a great passer. And you would hope that he would improve this season. But what if he didn't? The defense had him in the games last year, right? Um, and now they've got Matthew Downing at quarterback. He's a transfer from Georgia. He's received a lot of praise from the coaching staff, taking the first team reps. And speaking of that, I mean, they've got a ton of talent coming in, especially at transfer uh, spots for Gary Patterson. You've got a five-star running back in Zach Evans. You've got uh, LSU transfer linebacker Marcel Brooks, Nebraska wide receiver J.D. Spielman. There's a lot of guys coming into TCU that can help right away along with the players returning. And when you lose five games in conference by seven points or less, you only need one or two of those to flip. But I could see TCU going from three to six in the Big 12 to six and three in the Big 12. I could absolutely see that happening uh, this fall for Gary Patterson, who now has had two mediocre seasons. He is as motivated as anybody to get that thing turned around. And a break here, a break there, a bounce here, a bounce there. And it's a completely different year uh, for the TCU Horn Frogs in 2020. And Gary Patterson getting this thing back on track uh, for the foreseeable future. I mean, the talent's been there. It's just putting it together and winning some of these close games and figuring out the quarterback position. So maybe that loss of Max Duggan indefinitely is not as big a deal as people are making it out to be.
Number four, the Heisman finalist from the Big 12 is not an Oklahoma quarterback. It's Brock Purdy. Iowa State's quarterback who many people think can be a first-round NFL draft pick. He led the second most efficient offense in the Big 12 last year behind Oklahoma. The offense is a year older. You've got a lethal tight end duo in Charlie Kohler and Chase Allen. They're going to give Big 12 defenses fits because, let's be honest, Big 12 defenses are not typically used to playing against teams running two tight end sets, throwing the ball down the seam to them. That's just not how Big 12 defenses have been trained the last few years. It's starting to change, by the way, but it's not how things have gone lately in this conference. So throw in a talented and deep group of wide receivers, guys like Tariq Milton, uh, Landon Akers, Sean Shaw Jr., and then a good backfield led by Brees Hall. This offense can be really explosive. And if Brock Purdy gets off to a hot start and things get rolling, remember this too. Uh, you know, OU, of course, Spencer Rattler, working in a redshirt freshman quarterback, as we mentioned. No players in the Big Ten or the Pac-12. Why not? Like, why, why, why not an Iowa State quarterback? In a weird year, why not an Iowa State quarterback? And Iowa State's got TCU out of the gates in the Big 12 and then Oklahoma and um, followed by Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. If Iowa State gets off to a hot start, you know, three and one, Purdy's on fire, you don't have the Big 10 to talk about at the national level, I could see the media falling in love with Brock Purdy. I mean, he's an easy guy to like. It's an easy team to like. Matt Campbell's an easy coach to like. So why would that seem implausible that Brock Purdy uh, becomes somebody who gets a lot of attention early in the season and is in the Heisman Trophy conversation and ends up getting a trip to Radio City or more likely uh, a remote trip to the Heisman Trophy award ceremony? That would be very interesting. And number five on the possibly overly bold Big 12 predictions for the 2020 season. How about this? Baylor going from 8-1 and one to 2-7 and seven in Big 12 play. Talk about close games. We were just telling you about TCU. Think about all the close wins last year for Baylor. Beat Iowa State by two points. Texas Tech and West Virginia by three points. TCU went to triple overtime, won by six points. That's four games that went right down to the wire. I mean, Baylor's a play away here or there from instead of being 8-1 and one in Big 12 play, being 5-4 and or 6-3, and three, which still would have been a great season, a vast improvement for Matt Rule. But now Baylor's got a new head coach in Dave Aranda. He did not have any spring practice due to COVID-19. That sets him already behind the eight ball. There are key players lost off of last year's team, especially on defense. Um, and the bottom half of the Big 12 keeps getting better, better and better and better. And, you know, teams like West Virginia, Texas Tech, TCU, Kansas State, they're improving. And, and I still think Baylor's a really solid football team. But if they don't get the breaks that they got last year, and, and, and you know, yes, you create your own breaks. Don't get me wrong. But there also were some breaks where sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And if you look at the schedule this year, going to Morgantown, uh, to Texas, to Iowa State, to Texas Tech, to Oklahoma, you've got five road games, and then you've only got four home games. And on the road is OU and Texas and Iowa State. Uh, and then you got to take the longest trip in the Big 12 to Morgantown. That's tough. I mean, Baylor's schedule is, is since the new Big 12 with the round robin, 
Baylor always gets, um, in the odd years, they get OU and Texas at home. But in the even years, they got to go to both places, which makes it extra difficult. I, I don't, I'm not saying I think it's going to happen, but I'm giving you five overly bold predictions. And Baylor going from 8-1 and one in the Big 12 to, let's say, 2-7 and seven is one of them. Because let's say they beat Kansas, and let's say they get a win against either Texas Tech or West Virginia, although both of those games are also on the road. Is it impossible to say this team is going to lose to Oklahoma, Iowa State, Texas, Oklahoma State, TCU, uh, Kansas State, and then one of West Virginia or Texas Tech. It's not implausible. So that's how I came to the conclusion on that one as the last of the five bold, overly bold predictions. Don't bet the mortgage on these things, right? We're having some fun before the season gets going. Five overly bold predictions as we get you ready for the Big 12 football season. And we love our friends at Sikkim 365, all right? Please, nobody take these things too personally. We're having fun. We're giving you some conversation starters, and we're rolling right along. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. We're with you coming up next. So I'm sorry, I'm not sorry, a Pac-12 and Big Ten fan. Sorry, not going to do it. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Great to be here with you as, geez, we've got Big 12 football games just uh, a couple of weeks away. I, I can't wait. I really can't wait. These last six months for all of us, no matter where you are, no matter what you've been dealing with, uh, they've sucked. They've sucked socially. They've sucked economically. Uh, they've sucked in every which way possible. And getting to sit down on a Saturday and watch a Big 12 football game is going to be so welcomed. I see all these posts like, I don't know about you. I just can't get into football this year. I can't do it. I, yes, I understand there's a lot happening in the world and in the country right now. But that's what sports is great for. Sports is great as the escape. Like, yes, life is tough. Life can suck. We all believe that. We all know that. But what makes sports and concerts and things like that enjoyable and what makes them fun is that they are an escape, is that they're supposed to be an escape. That's what they're meant for. And that's why I'm looking forward to it. I don't want to say more than any other year because it's going to be weird, obviously. But, I, you know, no, no fans in the seats. That energy that typically is there for games is not going to be there. But I, I can't wait for it. I just cannot wait to be sitting down on a Saturday with a full slate of Big 12 games to watch and just be enjoying it and getting out of the moment here. And I'm somebody that does, you know, um, news talk radio by trade by day in Kansas City on KCMO Talk Radio. So I, this is an escape that we all need, but, you know, I need too, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, we're in the middle of a crazy election cycle and everything else. No matter what you think, you want an escape for a minute. And I think that's good for everybody. Uh, but it's not good if you're a Big Ten or a, a Pac-12 fan. But I, I have very little sympathy for those conferences. I feel for the fan bases. I, I do. And that's why last week on heartlandcollegesports.com, if you missed it, I paired... Big 12 fan bases with a Pac-12 and a Big 10 fan base. So you guys can, if you want to read it, uh, I think it's pretty good where we 
paired teams together based on, you know, who would be a good fit. And we did this last week on the show as well. But uh, the college football playoff announced this week that there is still going to be a college football playoff. And it will be done without the Big Ten of the Pac-12. And there will be no spring version of the college football playoff. No way, no how. It's this fall, and that's it. They're going to start rankings a little later than usual. It's going to start on Tuesday, November uh, November 17th. And then the final selection rankings will take place on Sunday, December 20th. So remember, the Big 12 championship game is going to take place either December 12th or December 19th. They built in wiggle room for games to be delayed. And, you know, it's smart. It's smart what the Big 12 did. So you'll have selection Sunday be either December 12th or December 19th. That's how it's going to go down. And the college football playoff said this week, uh, this is it. We are not doing this in the spring, and this is how it's going to be. And that's the right way to do it. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, Big Ten fans and Pac-12 fans, I feel for you, but your conferences let you down, and your state leadership let you down. All right, that's what happened here. I feel for Nebraska fans. I mean, I'm in Kansas City, as I noted, and I was talking to Nebraska folks here over the last uh, couple of days, and they're just livid. They are livid at the fact that there is going to be football at a major level on Saturdays this fall, and they're not going to be able to watch their Cornhuskers. If there was ever a reason, and I don't think it's happening, but if there was ever a reason to finally restart that conversation about getting Nebraska back to the Big 12, if this can be that reason, Boy, that would be great. I would welcome them back with open arms. I know some of you guys may not because chip on the shoulder, everything else. I would welcome them back with open arms. And what somebody at Nebraska told me is that there's a split right now. There are people that love the Big Ten money. Then there's people who believe the program has lost some luster in the Big Ten. I mean, some luster. That's an understatement. It has lost a lot of luster in the Big Ten. There's no other way to put it. There's no great way to spin that. The luster is gone for Nebraska since it joined the Big Ten. And if there's a, ever a reason to reconsider, I, you know, I don't, I don't think the Big Ten money is all that much better. It is better, but that's without factoring in the Tier 3 rights. Like Oklahoma makes, uh, I think it's almost $10 bucks in the Tier 3 rights. Texas makes $15 million on top of the $40 million that every school in the conference gets for football. Then you have the Tier 3 rights, which each school can do to its own level. So, like, uh, you know, the West Virginia's Kansas State of the world may make three to five mil. OU's pushing 10 and with Fox Sports Southwest. And then you have the Longhorn Network pulling in 15 mil a year for Texas. But if you throw that in there, I mean, that's, that's more money than what the Big Ten is paying out. So the money is not as big of a difference as I think some Nebraska fans realize because Nebraska could have a great tier three network. And, you know, they would they would cover whatever losses they had going back from the Big Ten to the Big 12. They would cover that and more because it's it's freaking Nebraska football. I mean, you're a powerhouse. You're a total powerhouse. So, you know, I don't. it's not serious yet, but if there's a reason, boy, this, this should be a reason for the Nebraska Cornhuskers to say, what are we doing here? What, seriously, what are we doing? Now, also of note, um, speaking of the upcoming season, Kirk Herbstreet, ESPN, he went on Nashville radio and said that, they are looking at doing um, college game day this year. 
And obviously, you know, there's not going to be fans all over the place, but they do want to be on campus and they do want to give a sense of normalcy and do college game day this fall. And I think that's awesome. I give ESPN a lot of credit for doing that because I'm sure there are pressures there saying, oh, no, we can't. Got to hide in the basement. Can't do it. You can do college game day in a safe manner. You can go on the road. You can be safe about it. You can be smart about it. And you can do it that way. Absolutely can do it that way. And it's also a chance for the Big 12 to get even more attention nationally. Um, you know, you got less choices, right? No Big 10 games, no Pac-12 games. You're going to have the Big, uh, the Big 12, the Big, uh, the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC to pick from. And with the depth of this conference, there's no reason that they should not get a lot of attention from college game day for some great games that are going to be happening this fall with less games to pick from. So another chance for the Big 12 to be on that national stage and showcase this conference, which is not, you know, the Big 12 of 10 years ago where everybody's scoring 50 points and nobody's playing defense. I mean, defense is coming back to the Big 12. Different schemes coming back to the Big 12. Power runs are back in the Big 12. And with no Big 10 and no Pac-12, I think that college football fans are going to start realizing that this fall, and it's going to be an awesome, awesome uh, recruiting pitch for this conference this fall. And I cannot wait uh, to see it unfold and to see the attention that it's going to get. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. Coming up next, final thoughts. Wrapping up the show, something that was on the conversation this week that got a lot of attention in our interview with Sam Mays. We'll tell you about that next. So our conversation this week with uh, Sam Mays, 107.7 The Franchise in Oklahoma City, got a lot of attention, and we always appreciate his time. By the way, I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. Heartland College Sports Dot com is the site for everything Big 12 related. Um, when he said that he thought Charlie Brewer might be the best football player in the Big 12 along with Sam Ellinger. Now, I get what he's saying, right? He's talking about grit, football player, IQ between the ears, toughness. It's not just like who can throw the ball the furthest, okay? Now, I disagree with Sam on that issue, but hey, it was a uh, strong take, and he made his case for it, and he's backed it up on his social media pages as well since that interview got a, a lot of attention here on the show. But I'll say this. I don't think that Charlie Brewer is the best football player in the Big 12, okay? I, I, I don't. I'd be making the case for Texas quarterback Sam Ellinger, uh, possibly Brock Purdy as well. That's the case that I would make. Maybe Chuba Hubbard, but uh, I do think that there are parts of his game behind the line of scrimmage that could use some work. So that's probably the direction I would go. But either way, you know, I'm not going to say it's not crazy because Charlie Brewer is tough as can be. He does have it between the ears. He is a good leader. It's not just about who's the best pure football player. And I think that's something that uh, should not be overlooked. Another team that should not be overlooked but is getting overlooked is Texas Tech. And, you know, I was doing my season previews and and thinking back to, you know, last year and what this offseason is going to look like and everything else and then what the season's going to look like. And I'm not predicting Texas Tech to, you know, get to the Big 12 championship game, okay? I'm not. They're predicted to finish ninth in the conference. But if everything clicks for Matt Wells in year two, 
you can make a case that this team finishes fifth in the conference. Maybe fourth if you really want to go there. But you can definitely make a case for middle of the pack, fifth place finish in this conference. Because last year, the Red Raiders lost six of their eight games by 10 points or less and four games by three points or less. And that's without Alan Bowman, at quarterback, who was, of course, injured early in the year. You've got seven starters back on defense. Um, you've got some very nice transfers coming in as well. Eric Monroe from LSU, a former four-star recruit. You've got additions at linebacker. Uh, guys like Brandon Boyer-Randall from Michigan State. Jacob Morgan Stern from Duke. Uh, you know, there are guys that have seen live bullets at the Power 5 level. And if Bowman, after an offseason learning Matt Wells' system, if he can stay healthy, it's a different team. You want to talk about just a pure gunslinger. Alan Bowman's right up there with the best of them in the Big 12. There's no doubt in my mind. He just can't stay healthy. He, he can't do it. And then in the backfield, Sir Roderick Thompson and don't overlook the Alabama transfer, uh, Chidarius Towsend, who's got two years of eligibility left for him it's going to be an uphill climb for Tech. I think they're probably a year away from really making some noise in the conference and, and being able to give the top teams of the Big 12 a run for their money. But that being said, I, you know, Tech's going to pick off, I think, a game or two that nobody sees coming. I firmly believe that's going to happen for the Texas Tech Red Raiders this fall. So keep an eye on that. It's, it's going to be a fun season in this conference because outside of Kansas, I think anybody can be anybody on any given day. And that's what's going to make this so much fun. Uh, speaking of fun, you know, they're already talking about what to do with the college basketball season. And there are four proposed dates to start the season. There's November 10th, which is the day the season is supposed to start anyway. Uh, there is November 20th for the college basketball season, November 25th and December 4th. Think about that. The college basketball season is starting or is being talked about starting in uh, one, two and a half months or so. While the Big Ten and the Pac-12 can't play football outside in September, where we know that the virus is far less likely to impact people, especially young people. Boy, I mean, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, they're going to be sitting there in November not playing football. And then who knows about basketball, but not playing football while the Big 12, SEC, and ACC are playing football and everyone's preparing for a college basketball season. And what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Are they going to play college basketball? Or is this thing going to go on? I mean, it's a fair question to ask right now. And they don't seem to have the answer. But uh, the fact that the NCAA is already preparing this and planning this and trying to figure out what the best start time is, it's smart, by the way. Get ahead of the curve. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. Uh, before you guys close out, please leave us a rating and a review. It helps tremendously as we get closer to the season. And um, if you do that, we've got free Heartland College Sports koozies. We are sending to everybody who leaves a rating and a review. And we'd love to have you do that and then send you a koozie. Just send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get that koozie in the mail for you guys. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon.